Does everybody know what time it is? That's right, Teller. It's grunt work. Never been awake. Never seen Brad's leg break. Falling on some carpet in the morning light. Lazy day in bed, soccer in my head, pen and teller sawing in the morning light. Oh, oh, oh. It's magic, you know. Because you're listening to Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that's not afraid to call bullshit whenever somebody tries to fool us. I'm your host, <laughs> Truman, the Is This Your Card? Man Caps, and with me as always is my co-host Landon, the Prestige Solano. Uh-huh. Are yeah. there... There are... <laughs> Every day when I wake up, I just kill a clone of myself, and I have a whole basement full of, of Landons and and was it water, liquid, formaldehyde? No, what's this Hugh Jackman in in that? It's it's water. He just drowns them in the water, unless he's drowning them in formaldehyde, which is even more extreme than than. Why wouldn't than how you put him out of his? You'd think if it's a clone of yourself, you'd want them to die faster. Well, yeah, you would you would think that, but I guess they would hear it if he had like I don't know a a gun or a wood chipper down there or something. What poison? What I'm cu- what I'm curious about is why he's keeping them all. Like that seems like really <laughs> he's a- that's in that's incriminating evidence, man. Yeah, that- yeah. But serial killers need to keep souvenirs. Well, yeah, but he's not a serial killer. He's a magician, which is arguably a little bit less creepy than being well, a serial killer. And I think. I- I think by definition, he's a serial killer because he is killing himself and himself is someone. So he's killing someone every night in a series of killings. So technically, Uh, he is a serial killer. He'd be a serial killer if those vats were full of cereal and they're just drowning in Rice Krispies. (laughs) Um, Folks, this is Grunt Work, a show where we build a lot of elaborate comedy bits over spoiling really good movies that came out like 15 years ago. So... Uh, is there a twist ending to Garden State that we want to talk about before we before we get going with this episode? Truman, I have a twist question for you. Oh, okay. And I'm, un, unlike my normal self, without a preface, why do you think Tim Allen will appear in the Fast franchise before it's over? I mean, the only reason I'm going to say no is because of of Tim Allen's propensity for getting himself shut out of major lucrative <laughs> franchises. Like he was he was a seminal part of what made Toy Story great and he eventually became such a liability that they were just like, "Eh, just 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 go away." So the Fast and well, Furious people I, are not going to add him. Toy Story 5 now is supposed to center around him. Is it? Let's let's see let's see about that. We have a whole presidential election coming up where he will be tweeting things and well, making that not happen. I okay, I'm not gonna get into the ickiness of predicting Tim Allen's behavior. I'm, I'm just okay. saying, if you want to take bets, this is the place to do it. Hit me up. I, you know what? I'll leave that to off-air activities between you and your god. Um, yep. What about? I, I, I wager I make bets with God. That's how extreme and cool my life is. <laughs> Do you think Tim Allen will appear in the next Expendables movie as the villain? And will that be the best thing that's ever happened? Well, I mean, okay, that's that, too, man. I mean, yes, it would be it would be the best thing that ever happened. I think it's Kelsey in- Grammer is in the Expendables universe, just so you know. Oh, 
You think I don't know that? You think I didn't see Expendables 2 where he's wearing like a Panama hat sitting in the back of a Jeep at the beginning of the movie and I'm like, what is this? Uh, Those are some spicy tossed salads. Um, Well, actually, it's spicy scrambled eggs. So, uh, no, Tim Allen absolutely would show up in The Expendables. I'm kind of shocked that he hasn't already. And and that that is the demographic where where throwing Tim Allen into the mix is going to really juice people and get him in the theaters. Mm. I don't think the people... I don't think the the mainstream younger skewing American movie going audience that likes uh, Fast and the Furious is going to get super psyched when they hear about a Tim Allen cameo. <laughs> like, well, did they when Helen Mirren entered? I mean, I don't know. I feel like the art house crowd gets looped in with that at mm. least. Like, I don't know who Tim Allen really appeals to. Like, we would go see it without, <laughs> and otherwise we would not have seen. Yeah, the new Fast and Furious movie. So I think that they're basically competing for us and getting an episode of Grunt Work. About <laughs> we it. might be the only two people left on Earth who haven't seen the Fast franchise. I, it's and it's Zachary Ty Bryan's already was in it at least in uh, Tokyo Drift. Oh man, T- Tokyo. Yes, Tokyo Drift, which may as well like I feel like dinosaurs were alive when that one came out, just based on how far <laughs> how far the series has come in that time. I'm mainly thinking about how amusing. Tim Allen would look standing next to like The Rock or Vin Diesel or something like thinking about how much he would try to bulk himself up for that role and still just like <laughs> how much smaller he's going to look and how much that would upset. All him. right. Well, l- let me let me throw this out there to the the producers of of the Fast franchise who I know are listening. They're massive uh, grunt heads. Yes. If you if you were looking for a cameo uh, position for Tim Allen. What better role for him to play than since he, you know, we we all know his history with cars and hot rods and racing and all that stuff. It, it, wait, is he a car guy? He's a car guy. He's I a car guy. Know that. Can can we Put go look at his IMDb hot trivia. rod? Do you think would he invite us into his house <laughs> to view his car? Uh, he in the last story, as it all comes full circle, he plays. Uh, Vin Diesel, you know, in this whole idea of family, needs to revisit and and pay his respects, and he plays Tim Allen plays Paul Walker's father. I mean, I, I, I guess it's this is a great theory because neither of us have seen the movies, so we don't really know what that would mean other than that the the dad of the of the white guy who died. Uh, <laughs> Not yeah. no dis no disrespect no disrespect. I think that would be beautiful. No, I, that would be that would be a really heartfelt cameo. I, I I assume unless unless there's a whole plot line in one of the movies where he, all about like how Paul Walker's dad was a like total piece of shit. In which case maybe we're not gonna. <laughs> well, I I mean I mean it's it's it, it would be a meaty role for him to chew on. I mean, that would be like kind of that wouldn't be as good as him being the villain in an Expendables movie, but it would still be real good. I would like that <laughs> quite, uh, quite a lot. Do you think that that maybe on Home Improvement, like, I I don't I don't know that Tim Allen or Tim Taylor for that matter is doing presti- prestige style. Uh, you know, I make a clone of myself and kill him every time stuff. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's like. Maybe every time he gets severely injured, the way he, he is able to be fine in the next episode is that he has, like, clones of himself. Basically, what I'm saying is, if he was doing that, I feel like he would keep the, the tanks with the dead Tims in his garage. I, I just think yeah. that... The, and, it would be, and it would be like... 
I don't even think it would be a secret. I think he would meet like a pizza delivery guy and be like, oh, have you got a, have you got a dead clone of yourself in the trunk of your car? Oh, man, I'm, you're a dead clone of yourself, guy? Come look at my dead clones. I definitely I, I definitely think that would be the situation. But um, if you don't think that Tim has snuck into Wilson's house and begun digging a hole uh, from Wilson's cavern to the whatever is below the Taylor house to create his own little uh, Tim cave below the Taylor house. <laughs> That's where he would keep them, but it wouldn't be a secret. He would invite people down there to, to look at his, his collection for sure. Yes. Yes. W- w- yeah. Without a doubt. I love, I love that what we're talking about is weird, but also that the show is weird enough that it is kind of meeting us halfway. <laughs> like, no, there actually is a cavern underneath Wilson's house. That's not a flight of fancy. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> T- oh, you know, t- Tim has jet fuel in his basement. Why wouldn't he have dead clones? Um, <laughs> they've shrunk the four inches before. I mean, okay, they, they have literally explored the innards of a engine. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I mean, every anything, anything is possible at this point. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of the fly stuff that could be going on as well. Did um, anything like that happen this week? Do you think? Well, I don't know, Landon. Why don't you tell me by giving me a synopsis of this week's episode? I hope you're ready for this one. I, I put a lot of work into it. It's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <clears throat> this is a, a four haiku synopsis. <laughs> good. I remember I remember the bit, but thank okay. you for... Yeah. Well, I, I, it's 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 constructed a little bit differently, so... Oh, I see. Uh, I, I just wanted you to know that <laughs> it does break down as it should. I'm back to Landon preface. Uh, all all the best haikus come with like terms and conditions up front. I think that's really you, you know can't. it's always a good sign when you get that. Check the box to say I understand. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Yes, I'm gonna click all the traffic lights in the picture so I can access the poetry. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Brad takes a spill down the hill that our stairs and flares his knee while Tim does repairs to the floor to get more like tool time was. Just because some fan was dismayed that he strayed far from the formula. Soccer is no more. Brad knows the score, now knows the score, that is need-knee surgery to soar once again. Okay, good. Obviously, I, I think you did put a lot of work into this one. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm also just going to say, are you sure that you have not become a character in Hamilton because it sounds a lot like <laughs> it's like Lin-Manuel Miranda has, has decided to stop writing acclaimed good musicals and he's writing one about grunt work because that's what it, that's what it sounds like you're doing. <laughs> I wanted to, I thought, you know, I do haikus all the time. Why not try one that, that had some rhymes in it? Yeah, no, I, I think ab- absolutely. You know, if you if you can't be rapping during the intro to the show, if it's one of my <laughs> weeks where I'm going to clog up everybody's ears with classic rock, it's like, well, you you used to have to find a way to get rap music in here. That being said, that is what happened this week on the show. Yeah. Uh, Do you I want mean, to guess that title? Yes, I have three options. <laughs> okay. Uh, You're going to surprise me one day with having two or maybe four, but... Y- Three is expected. You know, some, sometimes I have four. I've had four in the past. There That's are true. a lot you of have. times, there are a lot of times, such as this week, where I've gotten to two and been like, ugh, 
maybe two is good enough. I'm not obligated to do three. <laughs> and, and nevertheless, he persisted. Uh, so get excited for that third one that I farted out, I can't out, wait. Guys. I can't, and I uh, love that you don't prioritize them after the fact. You're like, that was my best one. I'm just going to lead with it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, why am I, I'm, I'm not getting paid. I'm not getting to, pri- well, actually, I guess I sort of am getting paid, but I'm still not going to prioritize them. All right, first option. Okay. Meniscus are pigs. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, maybe I am pr- prioritizing them. Uh, next option. Pent up rage, and that's P-E-N-N apostrophe T. Mm-hmm, 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 uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You smell what I'm Not stepping in. rage yeah. in this episode, but I like I like the title. <sighs> Yeah, it's. I guess it's more of pent-up anger or pent-up angst. Um, and uh, last one, cheesed off. <laughs> that was the third one, folks. That's right. Just rounding out the numbers. <laughs> well, you know what? I actually like... I think your first one's the best, obviously, but I, yeah, cheesed thanks. off is still more applicable of a title than we have this week. Yeah, which is... Knee Deep. I mean, I don't hate it. I, I again, I, I don't even want to. Actually, I would say I kind of like it. I mean, I think it's you know, a knee gets injured, and yeah. and he does get deep when he talks to Wilson. Uh, okay, B plus to A minus. I'm folks, honestly, let's go. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a B B minus. Well, okay, all right. Well, look, you average out to a B. If this was a, if this episode's title was an overachieving student at a suburban high school, they would probably come to us crying and try to get it changed into an A. But uh, you know, no great inflation on this. Show. I wouldn't care enough to to. I wouldn't care nothing. I would just give it and say, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> oh, wow. Landon, do not go into academia or at least delete this episode before you do. That will haunt you. <laughs> I mean, okay. What does it matter? I, I mean, I guess you're, I guess you're right. I mean, but that starts to open up uh, dark questions about, you know, the, the rest of all of this. Uh, <laughs> this okay, episode t- talk aired. About this episode. Yeah. When did it air? This episode aired February second, nineteen ninety nine, oh, and it was directed by Peter Filling, uh, Phil Singer, and written by John Pollock, mm-hmm. two all stars at this point. Yep. Um, Truman, how did you feel about this episode? <sighs> yeah, I might. Yeah. Okay. And my 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 reaction is not like I felt okay, but it's more just like, okay. Yeah. There it is. Um <laughs> I feel like I I feel like this episode is just sort of one of those things where I'm watching it and thinking like, wow, I have like 12 more episodes with this family that I've known for 8 years or 6 years or however long, and this is yeah. this is one of the ones. This is one of them. This is one of the the episodes <laughs> we're getting. Last week. I mean, last week's episode, I agree, was not good, but it was not good in a really bold and interesting way. Like, the, I, 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 there was a moment in last week's episode. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say this now. I'm gonna derail our whole episode. I was all all week since we recorded last week's episode. I've been thinking about the moment where, like, Tim has eaten the pizza and he's then spent an hour or two out out in the garage with the mechanic oh, not with the mechanic with the with the uh, pizza delivery guy showing yeah. off his car and he's like he's full and he's tired and he just lays down on the couch and he picks up the tape recorder and goes oh, okay what stuff did i write and he presses play and immediately hears himself farting and making fart jokes from earlier and i've been laughing about that all weekend long i think it, it that it just 
<laughs> just I know it's dumb, but that one moment of just you you have forgotten that he was doing something so stupid as making fart sounds into a tape recorder earlier, and he has forgotten it too. And then we are both reminded at the same time. And he hears it, and he's so angry, it just goes, God, he throws down the tape recorder. I that that is that is a that is a hilarious gem of a moment made possible by an episode that really just swings for the fences. This episode is just bad in a kind of bland, safe, and forgettable way, and that's uh-huh. harder for me. Uh, I, listen, I'm never going to criticize anyone that finds joy in life. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> regardless of where they find it from, uh, I, I take umbrage with the the phrase that they swung for the fences, but we don't need to crack that egg open again. I, I um, mean, look, I'll I'll relitigate that episode forever. So so get, that's <laughs> okay. how we're going to extend this podcast for another year. It's just then, then let's that. make a pact. Every time you bring up that episode, I'm going to bring up Tarantino. <laughs> Oh God, dude! Yeah, okay. All right, Pink, pinky swear. It's done. I'm putting it right. in the vault, and you better too. the gavels. Okay. Let's get the gavels out. Yeah. All right. Come on. This is and you know. I, but when we when we bang the gavels, it also means that Alf brokered this agreement because he had like the gavels <laughs> always invoke Alf. <laughs> um. Uh. How did I what feel did about think? this episode? Yeah. I mean, I I tend to agree with you. Your your assessment that this was this was just an episode. Uh, I mean, coming off of last week and my reaction to last week, I was a little, uh, just like, oh, this has structure. <laughs> this is written. Mm. Um, but you know, it, it didn't like jump off the screen at me, but just having an episode, uh, was something more than I could say last week. So, um, <laughs> it is definitely an episode. I'll give you it's, that. It's, it's totally an episode. It is definitely an episode. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not it doesn't fail in any certain way. It's just not very memorable. Um I do think that they bring up some interesting things that we've been talking about on grunt work for the last couple of years that yeah. uh I I think will be fun to to break open. Um but yeah, otherwise I, I probably when all is said and done, I'm not going to remember this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, as evidenced by the fact that we were starting to record and you were you had to write a, a final piece of your notes and you said, oh, man, what was this episode about again? What happened in this episode? And you watched it like like a couple of hours ago. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. I did. That was that all really happened. Well, well look, speaking of uh, creating forgettable content, do you want to just dive into the deep dive here and uh, and get it over with? Uh, yeah, let's get ready, uh, to slowly walk down the- Oh, son of a- God. Oh, jeez. Ow, oh, my knee! Ow, oh, shit! Oh, God, you slipped on some of those books you keep stacked on the stairs. One of them's called The Deep Dive. I, I think that was a Knights episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's a little, that's a little incentive for, uh, for the patrons, you know? Pay, pay money to get, to get that joke. Uh, and to get this high-quality Foley work that actually scared the crap out of me for, for a couple seconds. I hope it was far enough away from the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> we're in the there, deep they, dive. What do we do? Well, what we do is we look at Heidi, because she is, oh, yes. uh, they're introducing us to Tool Time, and she is dressed as a showgirl, and... Uh, uh, magician's assistant. Thank you. Magician's assistant. Okay. I wrote down, sh- I started the episode and just immediately paused it to grab my computer, and the first image is just Heidi dressed like that and my first note before seeing 
even more than one second of context was showgirl. So that's even though she has a magic wand in her hand and literally fairy dust is coming out of it. Okay, now now listen, I, I don't. <laughs> Now, don't you dare accuse me of sexism. I, the magic wand, I thought, was just like one of those sticks that, like, people, like you know, like uh, Fred Astaire or something would dance with or, like, putting on a the cane? wrist. Like a cane, yeah. Like, but there's just, it's just a four-inch cane she's holding. I don't know. I don't know props. I don't know. I don't know. Also, I'm not, like, looking. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> Heidi is Heidi is dressed like someone who's going to be on stage in a Vegas review. Maybe it's a showgirl. Maybe it's a magician's assistant. Um, but she teleports Tim and Al and the grunt creep uh, onto the stage, and Tim announces that this week uh, they're doing a tool time salute to magic, and they have Penn and Teller come out and do a uh, a an, an illusion, a magical trick uh, in which uh, Tim is placed into a box and then reappears in an unexpected spot. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Truman, great job on the synopsis. I really, that was very succinct. Th- they, well, I mean, the fact that you f- felt the need to go out of your way to, to tell me it was good makes me suddenly feel that maybe it wasn't. No, it was uh, great. It was great. I realized I was a little harsh on you with the showgirl thing. I was trying to give you a compliment. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for building up my self-esteem. <laughs> I, I give with one hand. I take away with the other. Oh, man, I, what do you? what is your background with Penn and Teller? Oh yeah, great question. Um, I I know you, you. I know you have one with uh with their show bullshit and your dad. Um, <laughs> uh, no, not 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 bullshit. Not the not the somewhat edgy libertarian one. The uh the completely cotton candy one. Fool us. Oh, fool us. Okay. Um, I I would say I know them mostly from stuff like this cameos. Um, but I feel like they've had a number of specials that have popped up throughout my life uh i've never really sought them out but they've always just kind of <laughs> they find you <laughs> they kind of find teller is just <laughs> watching me sleep some nights uh, you're, you're you're getting it follows by teller yeah <laughs> uh you know i think the fact that they have a lot of overlap with stand-up comedians Mm-hmm. Uh, has put them in my path, uh, you know, with the interests that I've kind of pursued over the years. So yeah, um, that's partly why I've seen a lot of them. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. I I watched a little bit of their show, bullshit, but not enough to have an opinion about it. A yeah. little bit of fool us. Um, I think that they they've appeared as judges of things at times. Oh. I know Teller. Yeah. Uh, like te- here, here, or uh, Pen here. This is kind of like an example of where I know him mostly from. Is like he appears in stuff like uh the Aristocrats documentary. Yes, yeah. Did he? And, I think he. I think he produced it. Even yes. I think yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. He yeah. You're right. He produced and maybe even directed it. And yeah. um, so there's that, and uh, there he's part of this. Um, I think it's called the Atheist Pledge. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that. Yeah. Where you you like to camera or you like you have to like have a witness and say you denounce God or something like that and uh... yeah no no no. I remember uh, I I remember as a uh, as an insufferable uh, teenage atheist uh, who was on the internet I remember uh, Pendulet being hoisted up as one of our one of our well one of our gods so to speak even though that was totally not our deal. <laughs> uh, 
Did you did you know that he also owns a patent for the hydrotherapeutic stimulator, which is a uh, special uh, type of hot tub with uh, strategically placed jets to maximize uh, female pleasure? He seems the type. He's he, he's totally <laughs> he the just, type. Like if you if you did a if you did a lineup of guys, <laughs> I, I would without knowing who it was, I would probably pick him out. Yeah, if it's a if it's a weird thing, I feel like Pendulette is usually doing it. That's well, it's even more that it's just it's like a guy who rocks a chin goatee and a ponytail is like not to I don't I don't want to get too down on people's appearances, but like he sounds like someone who would have a a a, a dildo hot tub. Yeah, he's he's the sort of person who has enough experience with sex in hot tubs to have ideas for how uh, how it could be structurally improved. It. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, why wasn't why wasn't that uh, the the subject of today's tool time? You know, uh, uh, honestly, oh, it's, it's female improvement. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, but it is it is also a you know definitely a tool. Um, so, but let's talk a little bit about what they do here. Because yes. they're they're here on tool time, not to talk about tools or anything. They're here to basically use wooden crates, which is the closest like sawdusty man thing that they can get close to, and yes. and perform a trick with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Iron bars are far too feminine. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they bring it. You know, Tim Tim explains as he as he has them on that he thinks magic is cool, and he's turning tool time into cool time, and that's all of the you know, connective tissue you need for why Penn and Teller are here. But yeah, they bring out a, a big crate and they encourage Tim to take a look inside it and then they uh, slam the lid down and nail gun it shut and then tell Al, hey, it's your show now. Al's hosting Tool Time and I'm pumping my arms and cheering. I'm just yes. like, oh, Penn and Teller, the avenging I, heroes. My note was, yeah, exactly. That was almost word for word my note. It's like, <laughs> Penn, Penn is the hero of Tool Time. You know, hey, you know, just another case of an outspoken atheist saving the day. Folks, look, <laughs> read my blog. I'm 17 years old. Uh, so they then they then bring uh, at the same time as this is happening, Teller is wheeled out in a uh, in a you know wooden case, and they saw invite in Al. Case. Yeah, and they invite Al to saw Teller in half with a Binford 6100 uh, power saw, uh, which. Al does enthusiastically, just grinning and laughing, no concern whatsoever that he might be <laughs> tearing this man asunder. Um, and they they wheel apart, you know, the two pieces of the cart, and then and then Penn says, "Hey, you want to see how we did it?" And they flip them around. This is, you know, also true to Penn and Teller's whole shtick of of showing how magic tricks are done and pissing off the wider magic community. Uh, and they show that. Teller is all scrunched up in one side, his head and arm, you know, he, he's he's in one side. And then the, the legs are provided by who? Uh, it's Tim. Tim was in the sawing and half thing this whole time. How did that happen? The prestige. <laughs> a clone of Tim drops into a very large dildo hot tub and drowns. We pull back to find thousands of dildo hot tubs in Pendulette's garage, each one with a different corpse trapped inside. Oh, my God. <laughs> um okay i my my overarching note for this whole thing is uh they're basically posing this as like well houdini could do it um so i i couldn't really formulate a concise note about it outside of just this 
Sir Larry? Oh. Well, I mean, Sir, Sir Larry is no... Yeah, he's no Houdini because he couldn't... He couldn't his get name out is of literally just, Sir Larry Houdini. I mean, oh wait, his last his last name was Houdini. Man, I I all I remembered was that Sir Larry has spent eternity trapped in a box. You know, ever since episode three, I didn't I didn't remember that he's actually a relative. Um, <laughs> I mean, wh- how amazing would it have been for us as fans if if they crowbar you know they find tim in in the uh in the thing in the uh in the legs section and they crowbar open the box and sir larry comes oh my out. god i my, i my brain would have literally exploded like <laughs> I, I know that people use that as a metaphor and there's a whole emoji for it but I, I i think my skull would have cracked open and my brain would have done an atomic bomb I I would have hooted and hollered until I died. Also, because I mean, just also the concept that, that the actor who played Sir Larry would still be alive at that point. Also, really cool and affirming. <laughs> um, that the that would have made this the best episode. By the way, I I would never I, have forgotten this episode. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh. What, what do you? I don't know. What what other thoughts have you got about this about well, this illusion <clears throat> about this trick that they that they played? Yeah, I'm gonna steal a little bit from the upcoming scene to to formulate my notes because it all kind of comes together here. Which is, uh, Tim's doing this to make it cool time, as he says. Uh, yes, that he he's trying to do something different. And in the upcoming scene, he says that he gets some criticism from a fan who says that he's straying too far from the tool time formula. And that was my initial thought was just like, you've just, you've completely abandoned any, anything to do with tools or home improvement. (laughs) And as, as a potential viewer, if I saw that, I would feel exactly the same way. This would be like my season eight of walking dead jumping off point. Like you lost me. I I'm, (laughs) I've got other home improvement, cable access show options at this point uh tim i don't if i want to watch magic i'll put on pbs yeah (laughs) because because news hour is truly i think magical and it's in its uh (laughs) diligent and nonpartisan commitment to facts uh yeah yeah i mean that's been kind of our long time question about this show like you know what what why are we doing this how is this related to tools like why are the k and b guys like showing us how to make sandwiches like what is this yeah what does this mean um th- that would be such a great arc for the final season in a perfect world is just Tim trying to get back in touch with what makes his show his show and yeah. like what what he's all about that would be the sort of self reflection that we saw a a I don't even want to say a pass at, but an inclination towards in the previous episode where Tim is trying to write his book. Right. Um, yeah, it would have been cool even to if see it was, explored of the season. Even if it was just, you know, LaCroix strength flavors like they had in season seven of Tim going through a midlife crisis. Uh, if that was kind of running through the season, that would, you know, be interesting. But, you know, I think it was a I think it was a one scene and done sort of thing. <laughs> 
this this series has flirted with a lot of really interesting options for story arcs. I mean, there was the whole thing where where Bud didn't like Tim and he was going to, you know, and he didn't wanted like to Al. fire Al and it was yeah. well, yeah, he liked Tim, he didn't like Al, he wanted to take Tool Time National and it was a whole thing. Like they set that up and it never fully played out. Did Tool Time get taken national? I mean, Bud yeah, still works there, Al still works there. It's national. They get it, now? it Yeah, uh, Jill's parents get it in te- uh, Texas. Okay, I mean, I I guess there's a lot of episodes that I don't remember at this point. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's well, all, I mean, it, it was never like a central theme to an episode outside of when they introduced the idea, but they they do these little touches on things um, throughout for continuity, which I have to bring up something else from this scene that yeah. I think it's, ver- it's a big disappointment. But when Heidi makes them appear with her magic wand or should i say her her, her showgirl her, her, cane her magic four inch showgirl cane get it right that's and, and that's um, not not a euphemism for anything uh that's another Tim, thing that pen uh pen gillette has a patent on though is the magic four inch showgirl cane tim tim says uh <clears throat> he likes he spoils the fun right away. It just says, "Just kidding. That was a, a television illusion." <laughs> I feel like I feel like we sh- like I feel like he did that because he maybe a lot of people were like us and were writing in after the episode where he and Al get shrunk down to four inches tall. Like, wait, is this well, part of the show? Is this canon? Yeah, that's the disappointing thing. Is like by him saying that at that moment, I think he retroactively says that anything that's happened on tool time in the past was a you know a, a special effect which is disappointing because yes. now being shrunk down to 4 inches is no longer canon however <laughs> yeah his face getting stretched on the the uh, NASA gravitron true true that is still canon unless yeah. that turns out to all be a dream yeah. Okay. Unless unless that's like unless that's like uh, one of the boys almost getting sucked into a vacuum cleaner and everything. It's all a dream within a dream, <laughs> right? From from the prestige to inception, folks. Uh, <laughs> and you can listen to this episode frontwards and backwards. Yeah. <laughs> what else is happening in this scene? So, I I mean, I don't think there's really much else. Honestly, they they do it, uh, and Tim. Uh, Tim, you know, comes out of the thing and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we go to the opening credits. It's really, I I had, I had vague hope that this would be an episode where Penn and Teller are around the whole time because I think that could be very, very interesting addition to Home Improvement, but sadly, no, they are just there for a moment. Yeah. And, you know, they end it with Tim just kind of waving at the camera like, haha, the trick's over. Yep. And doesn't tie it into home improvement or tool time one iota, and I think uh, that the fan complaining has a point. So let's go to the theme song and then the next scene. Yeah. Uh. So, hang on a second. Doesn't doesn't at the end when Tim comes back, doesn't the grunt creep come back too? I'm sorry oh. to prolong the cold open. But Wait, I'm, no, I, but that's worth that's worth asking. Yeah, because I feel like at the beginning, the Grunt Creep shows up, but then I feel like he shows up again at the end of the cold open. I was like, wait, the Grunt Creep can come back? You're right, he does, because yes. he comes with that wand and takes us to the commercial. Yes. No, the the the, the, the theme four song. centimeter uh, uh, showgirl uh, Grunt Creep <laughs> stick. Um, God. Yeah. It keeps yeah. getting worse. <laughs> that is... I'm um, trying to... 
I'm trying to rewind to the spot because uh, I had the episode playing in the background as yes, usual. Uh, of course, we we all know you're, what you're into. See, no, he doesn't. He just uh, he the grunt creep just pops up from the bottom of the frame. Oh, but still, it's still getting him getting him back again. That's uh, you know, that's some powerful magic from Penn and Teller. I want to see how they did that. I want to see how they got him back up out of the the oil drum where he lives. <laughs> they just coaxed him out with uh, I don't know some shenanigans. I mean, he. If there's one thing the grunt creep loves, it's shenanigan, shenanigans. No, <laughs> shenanigans, followed only by falling off of things. Uh, so we come home from the opening credits uh, to Jill at home talking to Marty. Uh, she is trying to write a paper about herself for a PhD application, uh, and then uh, Marty is complaining about his new job feeding penguins at the zoo, which comes complete with a cute hat, uh, and then. Tim com- comes in, and he's talking about Penn & Teller and how that was cool, but also how uh, some diehard Tool Time fans are complaining that the show is not very tool-oriented er- anymore. And uh, this period of reflection is interrupted by the discovery that the upstairs toilet has overflowed and leaked into the stairwell and fucked up all the drywall and carpets. And oh, Landon, how, uh, how <laughs> triggered were you by this? Very, so very triggered. Uh, did, did you, I, I did had you... a moment. Did you pause it and run upstairs to check your toilet? I now here's the thing. My upstairs toilet has been running a little bit. Like it doesn't mm. fully the water doesn't stop in the tank unless you like oh, no. bang on it. Uh it's what happens when you have mineral buildup around your ball cock. Um <laughs> just leave that one out there. Oh, I'm leaving it. I'm not gonna touch it. <laughs> uh so uh the pipes to that toilet run down almost like exactly where it is in this episode, kind of like right by the foot of my stairs. Mm-hmm. And so if I go downstairs while that toilet's still running, it sounds like water is literally trickling through my wall. And oh, it's happened to me a couple times over the last week. Uh, and I'm like staring at my ceiling. I'm like, is there, I got my footstool out and I was touching the ceiling to see if there were any soft spots. I'm like, this is, and then I walked upstairs and I'm like, oh, this fucking toilet. Uh, luckily no leaks, but this did trigger me big time. I, you're, you're not, you're not going to be able to sleep. I mean, you, you better hope that you forget this episode as soon as possible because it's going to be very nerve wracking to exist in your house while you're thinking about this. It, well, it stressed, it stressed me out just thinking about like, oh my God, so many different things are broken at once. This is the worst. Here's, so here's the thing. And I, I want to go into this more during the tool time segment, but like, when this happens, you there's so many things that you have to fix that can be so damaging and very costly that I got angry at Tim because he has tool time to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. fix the the toilet itself, the problem at the source. You have yeah. to fix the piping uh, if there's any piping issues and clean that out. You have to get between the floor like you have to cut the drywall of your ceiling to clean out for any mold between the the floors uh which might have to replace depending on how much water damage has been done to the floorboards you don't want it to create weak floorboards and you know potentially cause further issue down the line uh so you might have to replace that you definitely have to replace the uh and dry out the the nook that you cut out then you have to replace the drywall from the the little hatch you cut out uh 
all in addition to, as Tim is going through, replacing the carpet padding and the carpet while tearing it all up and putting it back, like, Jesus fucking Christ, just from an overflowed water tank. That is a lot. And, and you probably then have to repaint the ceiling after you, yeah. like, fix oh, yeah. where Paint. it came through. Yeah. Yep. I, I th- just... I, and I, then I, I, potentially rust, too, depending if you have copper piping or not. Watching this, I was just like, I'm, I can never buy a house. I just want to live in a tent. I just like, give me a, <laughs> give me a tent or, or just a, you know, or a series of classy hotels. I, I, I can never, <laughs> I can never live in an environment where I might have to deal with that many home improvement tasks that I don't want to do myself and don't want to pay for. This is um, why water has, has topped the charts next to bears for my biggest fear. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, it, you know we better hope that bears don't learn how to swim because then you're really gonna be fucked. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that what's so frustrating isn't for me the fact that Tim is gonna have tool time come and fix it, but just that Tim is so excited by yeah. all of it. He is so thrilled. I mean, I we should all be so blessed to have someone in our lives who is so enthusiastic about uh, doing like crafty handiwork i guess even though tim is not the best example of that but i just to look at this disaster and it's like yeah this is the thing like this is why it pisses me off a little bit like and i i'm i'm checking my own privilege at the door like i'm fine i'm but like if that happened to me the cost would like sink me for the rest of the year yes and the fact that tim is excited about it. Like, I don't mind doing the work. That part is fine. I mean, it's a lot and, you know, I would rather not do it, but it's a good learning experience. And, you know, if I didn't have to worry about the cost and could only get excited about like, Oh, I got a project that I can dig into. That would be one thing. It's, it just shows his, like his middle-class or upper-class privilege to be able to go, Oh, I got, (laughs) I got someone who's going to foot the bill for all of this. So I just get to have fun. Like that kind of makes me want to tell him to go fuck himself a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's it's far from it's it's far from the worst thing we've seen him do. It's just a little grating to be to be like, oh man, because I mainly because I think both of us were chilled to the bone by the thought of this actually happening. Yeah, it, yes, it you know it's like if it's like if Wilson gets murdered and Tim has just bought a bunch of crime investigation equipment. He's like, oh good, I can figure out who the murderer is, and there's no moment of <laughs> of uh, we've flown close to that cloud too though. I mean, I mean, truth, truthfully, yeah. Remember, it, he did, Wilson he, fucking disappeared. Yes, no, Wilson disappeared. I mean, Willow disappeared at one point too. Um, What's up and, with the Wilson but yeah, family? Tim, Tim was never that. Uh, Tim was never that bothered. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I got a question about Marty. I don't know if yeah, if, I do too. If, I got a, I got a comment about him. Okay, uh, my question is, where was this motherfucker last week? Because <laughs> Tim, Tim asked the house to himself. Jill yeah. and the boys have all left to go somewhere. Where, where, where was Marty, who has nowhere else to go, and his two daughters, who presumably also don't have anywhere else to go? Well, yeah, it was never explained, but I can come up with something if you want. Nah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think it's gonna be? Do you think it's gonna be funny? Can we work a prestige nope. reference into it? No. I mean, it won't be funny, but it'll be short. Uh, okay. Yeah. Get, yeah. I mean, give me the short one. Tim Tim had to finish his book, right? And clearly yeah. Marty was between jobs, so I could easily see a, a situation where Tim gave him some money to take the girls out for the day. Okay. Or the yeah, weekend. That, yeah, that works. All right. Um, go down go down to Cedar Point for the weekend. Okay, great. You know what? Uh all right, Gavels and they saw the Alf stunt show while they were there. Um 
So okay, well, what's Elf has his own theme park? Yeah, I feel like he has his own theme park, but I feel like he also, because he can never stop hustling, is also going around and I think he's putting on unauthorized shows at other theme parks to try and direct business back to his own theme park. That <laughs> really is on brand for Alf. Fair point. Okay, so what are what are your thoughts on Marty? Marty is now working at the Penguin House uh, at the zoo. And uh, I love that because the penguin house at the Detroit Zoo is pretty infamous. Not infamous in a bad way, but like it's it's pretty famous. I mean, and it does. All kinds of shit goes down at that penguin house, man. You don't want to be there after five (laughs) o'clock. Well, as he says, I mean, it does have a very potent shit smell. Uh, And fish smell also. It's animals that uh, animals that eat fish and poop fish. The, the the penguin house at the uh, at the Portland Zoo had a similar thing. Well, I don't. Know, so that's that's my only comment. I'm like, I think I actually think it would be an interesting fit, and I'd love to see that. Like, if they were going to continue Marty's sitcom, uh, I'd love for that to be his job. Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be funny and a good excuse for a lot of uh, fun animal cameos uh, on the show too. <laughs> I, which I think could be a the, the real kind of uh, backbone of the you know potential. <laughs> future home improvement that never was it'd be the the only the first sitcom that instead of a dog has a a penguin as a pet (laughs) i don't know man i see it as being more of a like cute animal cameo of the week show like oh man this this week i'm cleaning out the the snake house and there's a boa constrictor around his shoulders and it's like (laughs) oh man they've they've got this wild koala uh he's so nuts um (laughs) i don't know i don't know we we didn't get that though um, I like that he has a, a like he has a black baseball cap with just two googly eyes on it to signify that he <laughs> yeah. works in the in the penguin uh, the penguin house the the zoo well must... the, the the bill of it is yellow so it looks like a an actual beak yeah it's like he's he's got like a penguin head on his head basically yeah well or he has the he's he's penguin head bounding I suppose and when he um, when he leaves the scene he walks he waddles away like a penguin just I love William O'Leary. You think the zoo, like the the zoo director, is just really method? He he's, he has this. He's really fixated on a zoo experience where if you're looking into the penguin enclosure and you see you your eye should fall on a human being cleaning it, they will at least look and act kind of like a penguin, so you're not taken out of the experience. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's for the penguin's benefit. Yeah, or so he doesn't get you know mauled by a pack of penguins. Um. <laughs> So do we do we want to move on to tool time on yeah, location? Let's, let's keep going. Yeah, we get a, a transition of the toilet falling through the ceiling and a bunch of water splashing the screen and <laughs> terrifying me. Yes, more 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 triggers ahead. Uh, yeah, so then uh, Tim and Alan Heidi are up in the bathroom doing a tool time on location. They're talking about how you disassemble the toilet, and Brad interrupts their shoot, bursting into the bathroom in search of his earring and moose. 90s Ear, earring and moose sounds like the name of a cat of a gastropub in in like a trendy neighborhood or something <laughs> earring and moose it sounds like a metrosexual uh cop buddy show it, it does or or a, or it's some kind of dreamwork children's movie where they're uh, where they're both grinning <laughs> at the camera uh, um but yeah it's yeah. not very long it's just it's just bits yeah just bits uh I, the bathroom is ugly. I, the decor they have. I prefer the decor they had at the beginning of the show to, compared to this. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, is that is that just because maybe you have more fondness for early 90s, late 80s aesthetics than you do for late 90s aesthetics? Check uh, your privilege, Landon. Check your, no, check your I, I, 2020s I privilege. I'm, I'm not on that 80s bandwagon like everyone else has been. Mm, yeah, you're not, you're not riding around on a, on a, you know, 10 speed bike with a, with a transistor radio <laughs> no, and your Walkman and everything. You're not, you're not carrying a, a massive flashlight around and solving creepy <laughs> sci-fi mysteries. Nope. I got my Apple earphones on and just use a, use the flashlight on my phone like everyone else. Okay. God bless. Well, God bless you, you man of the future. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They, they, I mean, do you want to go on to the next stage in the in the nightmare home improvement carnival of trying to clean up after your toilet overflows? Yeah, there's not much more with that that scene. Um, but I guess worth saying, Brad is trying to get to because we didn't talk about him in the last scene. He's got yeah. a party to get to, and so right. he's trying to get ready while uh, Tool Time is um, filming in the house. So that's what, he's he's constantly bouncing around back and forth and kind of in the way of the production, or the production is in the way. Of them, depending on whose side you're on. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's also been talking a lot about he's got his soccer scholarship to college and he is going. The party is with members of the soccer team. They've got a big game coming up, like soccer, 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 uh, soccer, soccer. Yes, that was, my, that was my Brady Bunch soccer mix-up, and, and that was my review of uh, the first couple seasons of Ted Lasso. In fact, all of the seasons of Ted Lasso, very soccer-forward <laughs> show. Uh. So downstairs, they're pulling up the carpet and fixing the ceiling drywall and uh, being recorded on the show doing it. And then in the process of them recording their bit, uh, Brad tries to come downstairs and trips and falls and uh, seems to injure his leg. But fortunately, there is a bunch of paramedics on the scene to come in and uh, to come in and help. Um, All right, not to not to push my glasses up my nose and do a well actually, but oh man, they, okay, it's important to the scene. They they had already pulled up the carpet, which is on the they pulled it up so that it's it's on the stairs. Yes, but uh, what they are currently pulling up is the carpet padding, which they have in big rolls. Um, next to the window, so like at the foot of the stairs, there's these like seven foot. Uh, much more, much more carpet padding than they need, but it's there. Um, that's what they're currently pulling up. So the the base, the like uh floor landing of the stairs is is uh stripped bare, mm. and they've got this padding uh leaning up against the wall, and the 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 carpet itself is on the stairs. So just so you have the the different components to this staggering stunt. Maybe that's only because I'm 40 years old now, and I have I, when I when I joked on the night's episode that, that I might fall down the stairs tripping over books that line either side of my stairs. I actually got a, a glimpse at what that might look like. <laughs> Did I? I actually go, wow, that looks like it hurt. This this show uh, has been just kind of exploring and confronting you with a, a lot of your fears of household disasters. I'm finding yes. you're get, just just one after another. <laughs> Hey, you, wait, pretty you, soon I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to remove a broken light bulb with a potato. Oh, I, well, yeah, but be be sure that you're shirtless when you're doing it. You know, like how uh, how the uh, the ancient men were. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty intense the way this happens. Like I think like it doesn't look like just a dummy flying down the stairs. It seems like it's actually 
a, a, a person who goes stumbling and, and flying I, and slams into everything. I've looked at this a couple times. I think it's Zachary Ty Bryan. Doing his own stunts. What a Because it's like you can, you can tell when it's a, a double for Tim because they've got like, you know, a wig on or Tim's wearing his helmet like he has at the end of this episode and it's just yeah. clearly they cut to a, a stunt person. I, and I'm not saying it is. Actually, no, sorry, I'm going frame by frame now. Oh, nice. But the, the person who, so what happens is he trips over the carpet on the, that's been rolled up onto the stairs, slams into the carpet padding at the end, and then hits his knee on the, the stripped back bare floor. Yeah. Um, as I'm going through this side by side, I am seeing it is someone who has the, the frosted tips like Brad has, but it looks like maybe a skateboarder. <laughs> It's a it's a really cool stunt man who had to who had to go around looking like Brad all week. Um, no, I think it's it's just a dude who looked. I mean, because he looks like a skater, so I, mm. I you know he probably had the same sort of hairstyle. Just generally speaking, uh, is it Tony Hawk? It's a it's a it's a stunt person who's I, I have to imagine is a a skateboarder. So like someone who's used to taking a tumble um, and being able to you know someone who clearly has like a a backyard you know, spills compilation shot in fisheye lens. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that was their, that was their audition tape for this show pretty much. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. That all happens. And then, I mean, and then it's, they... a, it's a gnarly, I mean, do you, do you think the stunt, what's your, your thought on the stunt? I mean, I think it's pretty gnarly. I, I, I too think it's gnarly. Like I felt for Brad seeing it happen. Like it, it, uh, mm-hmm. I, it was kind of disturbing and shocking also, cause it's not telegraphed that this is going to happen. I, yeah. For everything I said about this episode being boring and predictable, this was sort of a jump scare to see that. Yeah. Have, like, have you have you had a fall down the stairs? I had a, I fell down the stairs mm. as a kid once, and I feel like it kind of fucked me up mentally. Like, I've always been really careful and wary about staircases yeah. ever since. I had I I oh man I did I backward somersaulted down uh, mm. not intentionally down uh down the stairs and oh. hit my head on um. A banister, not oh. not that wasn't attached to the stairs. It was like across the hallway at the end oh, of the God. stairs. So like, I I rolled all the way down the stairs across the the three and a half foot hallway, four foot hallway, and smashed my head on a banister on the other side of the hall. I, ouch! Seems yeah. like that sucks. I think I was four or five years old. <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, I'm okay, but you but you you bounced back. You're doing great. You're fine. You're you're better now. Um. But yeah, no, it was it, I. I think a very gnarly and well executed, uh, well executed stunt. I wish it had, it, uh, you know, I wish it had been Tony Hawk who they had do it in one extra cameo. <laughs> um, they, uh, I don't know, I don't want to belabor the point. I mean, there's not too much to the scene. I mean, that's kind of the the crux of it. Although I guess it does start like Brad yelling at Tim for having tool time there, and he he starts to kind of blame Tim for you know, invading their house in his space. Yeah. Well, I mean, even at the, even at the beginning of the, uh, or like even in the stairs episode, even before we're, we're at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I think in that moment, he, he, he has at least one line where he, you know, says, well, if you didn't have the carpet on the stairs or something like that. Yeah. He's, uh, because uh, Tim is also mad at, at, uh, at Brad for constantly being in the, uh, in the shots or walking into shots. Yeah. I'm honestly, well, making, making like a, a, an irrational claim of like, well, if you just waited until we were done with the scene, it's like, but 
<laughs> you're in his you, house. Yeah. And and also, I, I'm sort of impressed that Brad is is in a hurry to get ready for this party and that they're able to shoot a whole tool time segment upstairs in the bathroom and then relocate downstairs, <laughs> right. rip up the carpet and everything and be shooting. And Brad still has not gotten out the door like he's yeah. he's not getting ready nearly fast enough. Uh, and this is clearly not live, as he says. Okay, cut. Uh, yeah, as Brad interrupts some of the takes. So yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. There, uh, I guess, I guess the well, I mean, also though, Tool Time seems like it's a pretty slapdash show. So I guess they just, uh, you know, they they get it <laughs> yeah. in one every time. Um, so from a uh, we we get an ambulance transition of Brad getting shut in the back of an ambulance and it drives away. That takes us to the hospital, and I'm only remembering the transition because then the ambulance that is driven away <laughs> becomes a small part of the scene driving across the counter of the hospital room and falling off of it. It dri- Which- it drives off the edge of the counter and crashes like it's that scene in Tommy Boy. <laughs> Here comes the meat wagon. <laughs> wee I, perhaps it's being driven by the grunt creep who can never show up in this <laughs> show without falling off of something. That's very good, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, Tim is waiting for Brad. Uh, eventually, uh, Brad is brought in in a wheelchair by the same nurse who Tim has been coming to see again and again over the years. Uh, Brad uh, find, Brad and Tim and Jill find out from Brad's doctor that he's torn his meniscus in the fall down the stairs, and he may not be able to play soccer ever again. And uh, mm. Brad is Brad is mad at his dad, and he uh, <laughs> yells at him a bunch, blaming him for causing this by having tool time at the house. Who's rapping now? I mean, uh, it's it's me, the guy who was able to, with his uh, masterful knowledge of uh, the English language, find three very simple words that rhymed <laughs> when they were presented to me in a normal summary of the show. Now, I want to know, what do you think of the strength of Brad's gripe here? Like, do you, like, oh, yeah. can you see yourself, like, because to me, it seems like, hmm. I, I get, I get being mad and I guess I get being a teenager being being upset about the circumstances, but I just, it just doesn't seem like it doesn't really seem like Tim fucked up or did that big of a dick move. Like at the end of the day, the toilet overflowed. Tim has a tool show. He's able to get tens of thousands of dollars in repair work done free at the house. Yeah. I don't like the, Tim has fucked up so much worse than this. Tim has done so many things that are more his fault. Uh, yeah, but are, is it? <laughs> Are are you looking at it at the Tim curve? I mean, uh, that it's so distorted that this normal thing that he fucks up, which maybe should be open for debate, uh, just doesn't seem debatable by comparison. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I guess you can say something about their their, you know, production safety measures. Like maybe they should have had a PA standing upstairs blocking traffic or they should have yeah, waited I, until I, after Brad came down. I 100% think that that 100% should be the not even Tim's, but the this should be an insurance issue for Binford. Well, <laughs> not true. for just the Taylor family like they they only have three crew members uh, that we see tucked off to the side of um, uh, the the nook where the computer is um, when this whole thing is being shot, not counting the cam- cameraman who we don't see. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but they, but they do have two set medics for a shoot that small, which is sort of <laughs> an impressive amount of overkill. Yeah, well, it is Tim. But we, 
I mean, you obviously want to do preventative rather than, you know, triage. So, yeah, I mean, they, they should have had, uh, a, even if it's inside their own house, they, they should have someone at the top of the stairs holding people back to go, hold on, it's not safe yet. Okay, go. You know, like, this is a shoddy production. I 100% think Brad could sue Binford. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, now, if you want to keep it specifically to the Tim versus Brad argument, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, I know. I think, I, I, I mean, I think Brad's being a little bratty, but at the same time, he's being bratty. He's Brad. <laughs> at his age, I would have, I would have had the same vitriol for this. I, I would have 100% blamed Tim. I would have been as angry. I would have probably been angrier. Uh, so I understand where Brad is coming from, and I think he actually is a pretty big man for coming to where he comes to by the end of this thing. Uh, yes. But at the end of the day, it 100% is the production. That's my final answer. Yeah, Brad. Brad really does show um, a lot of uh, a lot of growth over this episode. Like I agree, it's totally reasonable for a teenage boy to be furious uh, at his dad under these circumstances. I guess I was. I, at first, coming from it from a reasoned adult standpoint, I thought, oh, this is, okay, Brad, you're kind of re- reaching for this one. But now hearing you talk about it, I'm, yeah, this this shouldn't have happened. Like, this is, I, like, yeah, th- I, I'm not mad at Tim for, like, causing Brad to get hurt so much as I'm mad at Tim for just running a shoddy production and yeah. all of the other things that he's letting slide, too. I, I'm mad at him for a different type of reason now. Yes. Yeah, I, I think you, that you it's almost... The, the main argument is moot because, like, Tim is just taking advantage of the fact that they've shot in a location so many times. He's like, probably throwing safety precautions out the window, just like it's my house. Probably. I, I know, you know, like, that's the sort of, you know, without bringing up modern news items that have happened on sets, like, that's the sort of familiarity that leads to issues. Yes. And uh, I, I think that you have to be diligent and um tool time does not seem like a diligent show i hate to say it so no it no it does not i mean they're very uh i don't know they're very diligent in um in in their themed weeks their inclusion of themed weeks and their uh willingness to invite anyone to come and talk but they're not uh, they're not as diligent about keeping those people safe when they're around um yeah. what what else what else jumped out of you from the uh from the doctor's office uh, Tim put a utensil up his nose, a, a medical utensil up his nose, and then put it back in the drawer when oh, he was I caught. Oh, <laughs> not it, only, it, not only does that one utensil need to be, I don't know, thrown out, but that entire drawer needs to be sterilized. You, you know, and, and also what's the, like, that's just, that is pure vandalism, pure and simple. Like that's not yes. a, that's not just a dumb goof that like what? It's one thing if he was just putting things up his nose for sport, you know, but it's that he specifically wanted to contaminate a sterile object with his schmutz and then put it back yeah. in the jar is really, <laughs> it's something. That's Tim for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he There's there's more kind of like Tim goofing around, hamming it up with the, um, the oh, EKG yeah, the, machine yeah. that gave me a little bit of... <laughs> vapors from last week that I'm like, okay, great, Tim, you can, you can improvise with the best of them. Um, 
Yeah, the the grunting the grunting is down at all time lows, but the mugging is actually kind of on its way back up, as though they're just yeah. saying like, okay, just just go ahead, man, just get it out of your system. <laughs> uh, I will say this: the scene um, is. I I had a, a similar situation. I I didn't have a, a soccer you, scholarship. You, Oh, I but, thought you were going to say you put a thing up your nose and then pulled it back out. <laughs> no, well, I'm put sure I've done that many times. Uh, <laughs> but they're my drawers, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not a hospital. No one's going there to get healed. <laughs> uh, I I had a situation like Brad's once where uh, I had been rehearsing for months for a, a rock opera. And yeah. uh, the night before opening... I was jumping off the like a just a two foot drop off a stage, and I I took the jump, and when I landed, I I don't know that I tore my meniscus. I didn't Oof. have to have surgery, but uh, it snapped, and um, I had to have a leg brace on, and thought that I was gonna miss the entire run of the show that I'd been rehearsing for for months. They built this character around me and everything. Shit, and uh, it was devastating. So I understood the the mental state that Brad was in here. Did did you wind up having to miss the 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 whole run? I they I I was a I was thankful that they were able to adapt. Uh, since we wrote the show, we were able to make changes. Um, but I had to be taken out of the dance numbers, which was very disappointing to me. Um, so but I I did the whole thing. I had a my my outfit was a big orange jumpsuit, so I was able to wear my leg brace underneath it. I, I mean, I'm glad that you were still able to do the show. I'm also a little shocked that I didn't know or didn't remember that you wrote and and starred in a rock opera at some period in your life. But that's that's <laughs> for you know that's for off mic, I guess. I'll, I'll I'll go back through that later. Video games, the rock opera, now available for high schools to perform it uh, for a small licensing fee. Oh fee. wow! Okay, all right. Get that get that uh, second career path going. You always got to hustle. <laughs> Just like Alf. I don't um, get the money from that. Oh, well, okay. Just letting people know. Alf gets the money. He won the uh, rights uh, from you in a <laughs> poker game at a military base. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. The, the scene, we, we go from this scene to kind of, on kind of a sad guitar riff to a commercial and then back, and just the doctor mm-hmm. explains that they're not going to know really how bad this is and if Brad can ever play soccer again until he has, uh, you know, surgery and, and gets yeah. an MRI. Yeah, and, he's got um, a, the PT. Yeah, and and so, but he's he's very despondent at this thought that he might have to be, you know, off the soccer yeah. field and and kind of completely replan his life. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, more more of the same. Do we want to just move on to to yeah? To let's back let's home? keep going. Yeah, because yeah. this is the the. I mean, we're 13 minutes into the uh, home improvement episode, and this is kind of what it's all about, and carries us through to the rest of it. So, yeah. Well, yeah, so back home, Brad is on the couch. He's having a big sulk. He's mad at his dad. And uh, Tim, you know, this is the night of the party that, uh, I don't know, or another party that the soccer team is having. Uh, But Brad doesn't want to go because it just makes him sad to think about soccer. Uh, And Tim and Jill are heading off to the Saginaw Cheese Awards ceremony where Tim is going to receive their Lifetime Achievement Award. And uh, they leave, and Mark comes downstairs to sit with uh, Brad and be sad together, which is a remarkably (laughs) kind of sweet moment between these bros at the very end of the scene. 
<laughs> Brad is taking up 90% of the couch with maybe like one and a half foot space on a cushion. And yeah. when Brad comes in there, when uh, Mark comes uh, and sits uh, down. Dollar in the what? jar. No, no. You also I said Brandy said earlier. It, I said it right. Uh-huh, you said, yeah. well, now don't bring up Brandy. I um, won't bring up Brandy. <laughs> when so, Mark goes in the vault. <laughs> when Mark sits on that one and a half foot space next to Brad, it looked like Brad was gonna like put his head on his lap and just kind of <laughs> spill out his woes. It was very cute. He's he said, you know, Mark comes downstairs and says, "So what do you want to do?" And and Brad says, "I just want to sit here and think about all the reasons life sucks." And Mark just eagerly goes, "Cool!" and just plonks down on <laughs> the tiny amount of couch. Like even though his brother is being super sweet, Brad is making no room for him. But Mark is just so happy to to be included that he sits yeah. down. Um, <laughs> well, then that he's the Brad wants to talk about the thing that Mark loves. Yes, that's true. That's true. Even though he's not full goth anymore, he still uh, he still has the same kind of bleak outlook. Oh, trust me, I, I think you'd find that even the people that are wearing khaki cargo shorts have maybe maybe even a unhealthier amount of angst <laughs> repressed inside them. Yeah, no, I I don't. You know, I I feel like there's a a, a great seething resentment lurking inside everyone who wears khakis. Uh, <laughs> So also I, I like I've I've enjoyed the Saginaw cheese bit in the past, like when they're doing commercials for them. Cheese, yeah. it's good, and they all do the little yep. dance. Um here I feel like this is just so far out of left field, means nothing, and it's really just we need to get some some yucks into this episode and some larps. Yeah. Uh so let's just what's a pretext for us to do some cheese jokes? Hey, cheese is funny, let's talk about cheese. They can uh, go and it's it's also a pretext to set up a scene between Brad and Wilson as opposed yeah. to Tim and Wilson. Which, you know, I'm I, I think there needs to be more of. Like I, I'm I'm whenever Tim is talking to Wilson, it's indicative that we're seeing the episode through Tim's eyes. So yes. I like being able to see other characters talk to Wilson because it gives us a different perspective than Tim. And I'm just, I get fatigued with Tim never learning anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I agree instead. And, and Brad seems to get so much from talking to Wilson. Like everyone, I feel like everyone else on this show, when they talk to Wilson, they actually take something away from it. That is, <laughs> yeah, a real fundamental change that that kind of makes them better at who they are. Whereas Tim, it just it just it allows him to smooth over whatever disaster he's yeah. created for another week. That said, though, <laughs> Brad enters the scene with a little too much. <laughs> I don't I don't want to sound too, you know, uh, uppity about it, but he comes in with a little too much white blonde boy privilege because <laughs> Wilson's out there meditating. And Brad just goes, hey, Wilson. And Wilson just is like in deep meditative. He's like, hey, Wilson. Hey, Wilson. (laughs) Like he just he deserves Wilson's attention because he is out there with a problem. I I mean, he he learned it from watching you, Dad. I mean, I agree. (laughs) Dick move. But it it seems like the apple is very close to the tree. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah, he he interrupts Wilson and pulls him up from the spirit realm. And Wilson... You know, he explains to Wilson how mad he is at Tim, and Wilson explains that, oh, well, you know, the, what, what is it, what happened? Sorry. The, the, we're, the scene, the episode playing in the background is a scene ahead of us, and I just, I, rec- I recognize something, and I, I can't wait to bring it up. <laughs> 
Okay, Sorry, okay. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. We'll 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 zoom we'll zoom through Wilson so we can get to the to the yucks okay. down the road. And I'll uh, I'll take a screenshot while while uh, while you do this. Oh, good. I love when we do this. So Wilson uh, explains to uh, explains to uh brad about how when he was living in borneo the tribesmen out there believed that evil spirits were the source of all their misfortunes and they would do rituals to try and ward them off but that you know in in reality sometimes accidents just happen and it's you know rather than being mad about something that happened in the past you should just hope for the best and be open to exploring new paths in life and focus on you know besides soccer what do you want to do in college and brad realizes he hadn't thought about anything besides soccer and girls um, I, it, it, it seems a little unlike Wilson to be like, well, there's these tribesmen I lived among in Borneo and they were total fucking morons because they thought spirits <laughs> did things. What a bunch of losers. Don't be like one of these jackasses, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't, don't go too hard on the, on the, you know, Borneo tribesmen. Uh, yeah. Agreed. I mean, I think that's a little bit healthier than trying to blame, you know, people in your life for your problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but and I don't know. I also so I, I found this episode uh, I think frustrating because it, it scenes like this open up some really interesting possibilities for the show that it just does not follow through on. Yeah, like the fact that Brad, you know, this injury could like. This injury could force Brad to completely reorient the path of his life. He could do a completely new bunch of things and, and you know, and go on sort of a vision quest. I don't know, vision quest isn't the right the right word, but do some soul searching of his own to figure out, wait, what do I actually like? Who actually am I? Yeah. Uh, you know, what am I besides a jock? And, you know, it, it this scene is, is kind of dangling that out there of like, oh, in our last season, we're going to watch Brad meaningfully change and that, that return to normalcy is going to, you know, go away. But, mm-hmm. uh, y- you know, that's, yeah, spoiler alert, I don't get what I want. <laughs> yeah, by the end of the stinger, uh, he comes back and says that he's healing quickly and will be able to play again. Yes, the, 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 the reason that I am upset that this is one of our last episodes and this is what we get is just this could be a really cool thing where brad has to you know brad goes through a major life-altering moment and charts a new course and is all the richer for it and instead this is an episode where brad thinks about the fact that he might have to do that and then doesn't have to do that (laughs) yeah yeah i it's uh, i hate to bring it back up but it's the problem of the status quo that Mm -hmm. comes with sitcom territory you know it's hard to actually see people change over the course of the season when that's just not how shows uh were constructed back in the day and and yeah and like agreed that would make sense if this was a season six episode but like the show's about to end like we don't have to keep coming back to normalcy we can we can start fucking with it like you know uh, 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 marty and his daughters moved in and and that's a new thing and you know they're I would I I know I know I'm naive to want these things but I just I feel like if if we knew we were if I knew that I was landing the plane on a long running series that last season I'd just be shaking everything up. <laughs> uh agreed but that is just one of a million things that <laughs> differentiates you between the showrunners of the show and yourself. And, and this episode no this series this entire podcast is just sort of a catalog of what all of those differences are. So okay <laughs> Let's let's get back to to inside when Tim and Jill come back with uh, yep. Tim's 
uh, trophy from the cheese uh, Lifetime Achievement Awards ceremony, since apparently something in this image that you've sent me is hysterically funny, and I cannot figure out what it is. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, well, let's synopsize the scene, and then I'll tell you. Okay, so so Tim and Jill get back. Tim has a, a sculpted... Uh, replica of what is supposedly his head uh as a trophy a cheese bust a, a cheese yes a cheese bust of his head which the Saginaw cheese people have given him uh and uh you know after a bunch of back and forth between Tim and Jill involving cheese jokes about all the people who were at the ceremony Tim is still kind of uh feeling guilty about what happened to Brad but then Brad comes in he has been out at the party he's in a really great mood he um, has just decided to embrace the uncertainty of life and hope for the best, but be excited about every opportunity. Uh, the most self-actualized any teenage boy has ever been in the world. <laughs> and he apologizes. Well, I, next, to, next to the revelation I had after watching American Beauty for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he comes in with a handful of uh, plastic bags and says, guys, you're never going to believe. You're never going to believe this. Just tears streaming down his face. Um I have seen beauty. <laughs> so he, um, yeah, and he and Tim shake hands. And he says, sorry, I was such a dick about everything. And then they do a bunch of jokes about uh, eating Tim's cheese head. <laughs> that, yes, they do. do, do okay, uh, how about some macaroni and cheeks? Yeah, I'll have some nose and crackers. I'll get a knife and cut the cheese. It... Like, like this, you know, er, earlier Tim is talking about, like, oh, I met Mrs. Cheese and the Munster Twins. Everyone was at the awards ceremony. Like, they really, they really just were like, how much blood can we get from this piece of cheese? Like, we we need to, we need <laughs> yeah. to make cheese jokes. It, the cheese jokes are not funny. But, I, I, you know, I think what's happening more below the cheese jokes uh, <laughs> is kind of sweet. That Tim and Brad are, are connecting again, making yes. jokes back and forth to each other about cheese yes that that no that that is sweet that there's uh you know but beneath the layer of cheese there's a layer of heart and then a yeah. layer of panko breadcrumbs um what, what do you got what 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 what, what are do your I feelings got? what do you got okay here's my big note yeah <laughs> here's okay. what i sent am you I, am i looking at your big note <laughs> yeah yeah look at it i yeah. thought that it looked familiar this bus this cheese bust because it doesn't look like Tim. No, it does not even. It looks. It does not look anything like Tim. It does not look anything. But it does look familiar. And then when I paused it and looked at it, it hit me. This cheese bus looks exactly like Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You're right. Oh my God. Yeah, this the, is the, um, the the face is just like a little, t- and the neck specifically are like a little too filled out to be Tim. Mm-hmm. It got, it got kind of a kind of a smug grin on his face <laughs> that that feels as yep. though it was it, it's very very heavily coached. Um, yeah, yeah, and the and, <laughs> yep. and 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 the interior contents of the head are exactly the same as Ron DeSantis's as well. Just a brick of pure gouda. Um, uh, Ron DeSantis Swiss. <sighs> That's uh, that's really good. That's really really good. He, you know what? People used to think that Florida was a blue state, and uh, he he changed that all around. Um, I'm just glad he's not really a cheesehead. We <laughs> we have Ron Johnson. That's bad enough. You you you've been cursed with your own shitty Ron. Um, these <laughs> are good cheese jokes. Home improvement. Look look at them. Check it out. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny that. 
I, you, you can almost imagine them handing this to him and Tim being like, well, uh, that doesn't look like me. And the guy just going like, I gave you... Oh, I gave you something carved out of cheese. It's not the best sculpting. <laughs> it's not the best sculpting medium, you know. This isn't. There's a reason that Michelangelo worked in marble and not Gouda. Just, <laughs> don't look a gift cheese head in the mouth. See, this is why I want to watch your sitcom because you would have characters like that, and I would really appreciate them. <laughs> what? Ch- just che- cheese sculptors who who are who yes. are totally happy to let the job be be just okay. Yes. <laughs> That's a perfect character. Listen, I can't lose my whole life to making a photorealistic cheese sculpture of your head, sir. I have other interests. I like karate. I like magic. Oh, my God. Um, we go to the stinger. Yeah. Uh, Boy, this is a rehash, huh? Yeah. You know, the, the all the more reason... That we that I feel like we should have seen Sir Larry come out of that crate, <laughs> like because this yes. is also a like first five episodes of the show thing. Tim has, you know, Brad comes home from the doctor with great news that he's probably going to be able to play soccer again, and uh, Tim has made him a motorized wheelchair, which Tim then puts on a helmet and powers up, and he goes zooming through Wilson's fence and crashes, and you know. I guess Wilson's not home because he doesn't say anything. Um, which, which is which seems like a missed opportunity. It if, does. Yeah, yeah, you know he's he's standing there, his mouth blocked by the, a single hanging board remaining. You know, just giving a look. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a hundred percent him with the lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. It's you know time. Uh, Tim is a flat circle, really. <laughs> um. We get some outtakes. Tim is flubbing a line as he's coming in, and Brad's on the couch. That's he does that a couple times. Well, and there's there's also a joke about Brad flubbing. It seems like he's he's sitting there, and Tim Tim says, "I'm I'm going to cut the cheese," and then Zachary Ty Brand says, "I just did," and then you watch Tim Allen get the joke and then react as though Brad has just farted, which <laughs> kind of seems like a nice ad lib. Yeah, I know. Which yeah, like okay, good good one, ZTV. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and they they put it at the very end of the credits so all the censors wouldn't wouldn't notice it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's being assumed by the credits of the next show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a there's a you know a promo for I don't know what what shows show, what shows were on in 1999. There's a promo for one of those shows. Um, there is still a bunch of shows on in 1999. Drew Carey was still on. Oh, yeah, that? yeah. Yeah, Drew, Drew Carey is down at the lower third of the screen, like, shoving Ryan Stiles playfully, and it's like, up next. <laughs> uh, um, okay, we had, uh, we talked about our cameos already, Penn and Teller. Yes. Uh, we have a character actor corner, but Francesca P. Roberts is making her fourth appearance on this show so we're not going to talk about her she's yeah. playing marge the nurse uh who mm-hmm. has shown up in the er before but has also shown up as jill's friend um she was at the diner with right. dolores and a few others but yeah playing the doctor who speaks to brad and uh jill and tim um dr 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 brown is played by robert Nietzsche's, and Nietzsche's. he has 35 Credits. Now he is playing a doctor here. Yeah, it's a da- it's a dangerous number of credits. <laughs> I feel like it could go either way with this number now, of credits. Now I'm gonna read you some of his credits, but I'm also going to read you the 
the title, uh, the character that he played in them. Okay. 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 And this is going to help you decide if he was on ER. Okay. He goes back to St. Elsewhere. Oh, dear. Okay. Playing a pathologist. Mm. He was in inner space as a lab guard. Uh, okay. Not really a <laughs> medical judge. Just because you're guarding a medical uh, place doesn't make... Okay, go on. Go on. Yeah. Okay. He was in the Golden Girls uh, episode of Dallas, Dragnet, um, L.A. Law. Mm. Uh he mm. was on hold on i just saw something else where he played a doctor and i don't see it uh chicago hope he was on which mm. is a doctor show okay that is a doctor <laughs> show <laughs> melrose place mm. uh in 2001 something called the lot he played dr moore mm. okay he played uh, uh, the voice of slim in rango the video game Oh yeah, yeah. I can. I never forget all the hours I lost to the Rango tie-in video game. Um, <laughs> you th- I was feel like he if, on ER? I feel like they, if they ever make a sequel to Rango, there's going to be a Rango Unchained joke in there, and it will just be. It, it's just like Gore Verbinski saw that movie come out, and he's like, "Damn it, I gotta make another one so I can do a sly reference for the parents that they'll get." Um, I mean, I, R- R- Rango is. I don't mean to un. I don't mean to deconstruct your joke, but Rango is a play on Django and Ringo, two big spaghetti western characters. I, I, I am I am aware that it is a a play on spaghetti westerns and westerns in general. However, like it also made a million references to like direct references to other movies, and the fact that there is since that movie came out a very popular movie called Django Unchained. Like they're going okay. to have to work. Unchained into it, like I, I, you know, I, I know. I've actually right. seen Django. A guy drags a coffin around. Thank you very much. What's in it? Oh what's, yeah, that's what's right. In the co- uh, what's in it? It's a machine gun. That's right. We're back to our segment where we spoil old it's, movies. That's the ending uh, of Django. It's actually, a Gatling gun. It's a Gatling gun, not a machine gun, and it's in the middle of the movie, not the end of the movie. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> There's mud all over the place. I promise. I've seen Django. <laughs> all right. <Damn> it. <laughs> Was Robert Nietzsche's on ER? I, I was using I was using that entire digression to to run to his IMDb page. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he was on ER. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Hmm. Okay. Uh, he unfortunately was not on ER. Ah, oh, Django. No. Uh, that's too bad. He he was in the TV movie Tom and Roseanne behind the scenes. I don't want to go behind the scenes of that relationship. I don't even like the <laughs> scenes of it, frankly. <laughs> Um, he played uh, an investor on Arrested Development. Oh, okay. Well, that. You, why didn't you lead with that, man? Now I probably have a. Now I now I have to go watch home, uh, all of Arrested Development again. Not Home Improvement again. I'm not going to start this again. <laughs> we already went through that. Uh, that's the only character actor we have. Um, so uh, I thought for a second the paramedic was going to have a line. Uh, Tim literally says something to him, and it was just like, nope, we're not going to pay you that extra rate for today. You don't get a line. I, I was I was kind of mad about that, too, because yeah. the, when, when Brad has fallen down the stairs, they call in the medics, and they run to Tim and immediately start like examining him. And Tim says, why don't you go, go help the person who actually fell down the stairs? Normally, I feel like they overwrite their bits, but here it really would have been better if the paramedic sheepishly says, oh, sorry, force a habit or something like yeah, that. Like, right. That would have yeah, sealed it a little there. better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But no, no, no. Um, we had to save that guy's day rate. I will say, uh, 
Mr. I'm don't go in for that sort of thing. Milt yeah. um, is one of the three crew members in the back of the scene for that uh, for that scene. Yeah, he wheels in the he wheels in the crate that Tim jumps into as well at the at the beginning. Like oh, does he really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he. There's a lot he doesn't go in for, but he does go in for magic. I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, or or a paycheck. Well, I mean, I guess that's the ultimate thing that that he goes into when it finally comes time <laughs> that's to. Unfortunately, to... what we all go into. Yeah. So uh, so okay. Well, that's great. So I think that you know. Now that we've hit the character actors, I think the only question regards the amount of grunts in the episode is, what did we is, learn from this episode? Uh, what, what did we learn from this episode? No, wait, we do that before grunt count? I don't think we do. I don't, <laughs> I think we, I don't think we have a set schedule. Um, I, I, well, if, if we do, I sure don't remember it, but we've already made a bunch of jokes about that. Um, how many grunts, though, do you think? <clears throat> Any better? I I think that was better actually. I think that was I think you were you were ramping up way too hard last week. This one is you, yeah. you've got the the top end of it in a more acceptable range. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll see I'll see what it looks like in audacity, but I, I think that's good. <laughs> hey, yeah, you can you can scientifically compare my grunt to his grunt and see where in the waveform I need to adjust. Oh yeah, I definitely could do that. That is the thing I could spend time doing. Uh, <laughs> watch me. Watch me as I do it. Uh how I many do you think coach. there were? <laughs> uh you know if you were Brad soccer coach you would be going to the going to the mat for him I you know probably probably yes I I would but <laughs> or this is coming from the guy who's writing characters who are just okay doing okay jobs yeah exactly like I feel like I feel like Brad soccer coach would be more like the soccer coach on the animated show home movies who kind of doesn't even really know how to play soccer and just lets the kids run around like that that gives the Brad Brad the room to shine and really get everyone's attention and the the coach just sort of sits back and chills okay um zero I'm gonna say there's zero grunts in this episode and you're gonna be right about it too there are exactly zero grunts wow um I'm not gonna lie you tipped your hand a little bit earlier saying that uh, the amount of grunts has, has lessened. And I, I took that to, you know, especially after last week, as an indication that we're back to square zero. I don't, I mean, yes, maybe I did tip my hand, but if, frankly, if you if you have had been seeing me play for several hands and you see that I clearly, like everyone else has, you know, uh, cards from a normal card deck and I have like tarot cards or uno cards or something... <laughs> I mean, you, you can kind of, even without seeing my cards, know that they're going to be shit cards. There's just not a lot of grunting this season. I think it's yeah. safe to assume that there's zero grunts in an episode. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. So, zero. Okay. Yeah. Great. Boom. Done. All right. Well, uh, I think that about does it for my impressions and notes <laughs> from this episode, unless you've got... <laughs> I I loved leaving you out there to figure out where we go next in an episode. You know, it's 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 great because you know, like Penn and Teller, <laughs> two you know, a comic duo who have been working together for a long time. You get this sense that that they're both totally there for each other and to kind of like hand things off to one. Another. I'm well, actually, I guess not because Teller doesn't talk. So I guess you're just doing your Teller impression when you leave me to to ramble on. The difference is, <laughs> unlike Pendulette, I don't have the confidence to uh, just bluster on endlessly or invent a woman pleasuring hot tub. <laughs> Truman, what did we learn from this episode? Uh, we learned that, uh, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether magic is real or not. It matters that uh, 
we're entertained by what we see, you know, and and that uh, and that you should forgive your dad. I guess, yeah, I think that's the other this thing. This is the learned. most you've ever stretched for a for a moral. I, I know, I know. I'm so I I. The, the the meat and potatoes of this episode is so boring. The most interesting thing about it is that Penn and Teller showed up and there was some magic like like 20 minutes ago at the beginning of the episode. Um, I don't know. What did, what did you learn? Uh, I think we learned uh, firsthand the dangers that can come when a production does not take every single safety precaution. Even if you think it's overkill, Yeah, there's the potential for danger around every corner. <laughs> and that somebody's insurance is uh, on the line for that. Not that I'm sticking up for insurance companies, but uh, well, I mean, yeah, got to be careful. I, you know what? That's that's a good point. I, I'm revising what I learned this week. I learned to just always use the the handrail or the banister when you're going down the stairs. Like just just <laughs> maybe do. you think maybe you think you're all that and you can balance on your own. Fine, no one's judging you. Just put your hand out and touch it. It costs you nothing and it could save everything. Again, you're putting it on Brad. I'm putting it on on the production who should have I mean, kept, listen, the, kept the area clean. I, I, I am not blaming the victim at all. Like, the, the, the production should have kept the area clean. I'm just saying, as just basic principle in life, always just use the handrail because you never know if some irresponsible production mm. is out there. It's not going to be your fault if you fall down the stairs, but I'm just trying to prevent people from suffering. You know, that's mm-hmm, my mm-hmm, humanitarian mm-hmm. goal with making this podcast. Use, use the metaphorical handrail in life. Wow. You know, and uh, what are you saying? That there's like, where where there's only one handrail, that's where the other handrail uh, carried you or something? <laughs> Actually, I only do have one handrail in my, in my house. Oh, man. Well, uh, you know, fi- fix that before I come visit, or at least get the books off the stairs. <laughs> the books are off the stairs. That's um, good. That's good. All right. Let's uh, let's end this episode. As yeah. always, grunt work is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us finish the show right, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod for only $1 per month or more if you want, but yeah. as little as a dollar. You can yeah, get go- access to our entire second show, Grunt Work Nights, where there's over 200 episodes 200. of content just waiting for you. They're, just, they're sitting there lonely, wishing someone would listen to them, just begging <laughs> for the attention of your ears. Uh, and that's to say, you know, if you want to give us a dollar and don't listen to those episodes, you probably would be better off for it. But yeah, I, you know, I mean, they're there yeah. if you want. Yeah, give us something for nothing, but it's also it's like a little free library. Like if you you're more than welcome to to peek in there and uh, you know take out the the like <clears throat> tax handbook from 1998 that we left in there. <laughs> uh, you can do that over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcatcher because it helps people find the show uh, or you can blast us do a blast of us how do you yeah. <laughs> is that oh. is that what you do on social media you blast people you just, you just bla- you blast them you blast them right away uh, I mean if hard you- yeah, you blast them hard. If you, or or you could go on on Blue Sky and skeet about us if you'd like. Um, I'm, I don't have an invite, so I can't do any skeeting of my own. But if you want to be on our skeet team, uh, just please, uh, you know, skeet the word. <laughs> you can do that uh, at Instagram or Twitter at GruntworkPod, or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com. A whole new website, same old domain name, made possible by our patrons, which we are very thankful for. And until next week, 
and it's Squarespace who we're less uh, thankful for at the moment. Until next week, when we bring you another episode, season eight, episode sixteen of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, they're called illusions, Michael. Tricks are something a sex worker does for money or cocaine.